It's fair to say that we live in extraordinary times. This week we've seen the world reacting hour by hour, minute by minute, to the challenge of COVID-19 coronavirus. Stock markets have been plummeting, schools closing, events being cancelled, cities isolated, transport ground to a halt, countries closing. Panic buying has seen supermarket shelves decimated as the world's wealthy stock up. People have become hooked to the news, fearful and troubled by the scale of the situation unfolding before them. Yet this is exactly the situation the Lord Jesus told his disciples that the world would see just before his return to the earth. The Gospel writer Luke records the prophecy of the Lord Jesus on the Mount of Olives, called the Olivet Prophecy, just a few days before he was crucified, explaining to his disciples a future time when he said men's hearts would be failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. Sadly, as always in times of crisis, all too often we see mankind look for ways to make even the most fearful circumstances work for themselves. The Washington Post ran an article just last week examining how Russia is using the coronavirus hysteria for their own gain. The article reads, A top State Department official said Thursday that Russia is behind swarms of online false personas that sought to spread misinformation about coronavirus on social media sites, stressing the entire ecosystem of Russian disinformation is at play. The latest warning came from Lear Gabriel, the coordinator of the Governor's Global Engagement Centre, in testimony to Congress. Her remarks followed days after an unpublished agency report unearthed by the Washington Post on Saturday revealed nearly two million tweets over a three-week period pushed coronavirus-related conspiracy theories abroad. Gabrielle did not link that report with her broader conclusions about Russian interference online, but she said actors tied to the country through state proxy websites, offered state-owned media and fake accounts online, were part of an effort to take advantage of a health crisis where people are terrified worldwide to try to advance their priorities. None of this, of course, should be any surprise to Bible students. One of the key characteristics of the King of the North, that is modern Russia, is its willingness to deceive. The Bible makes this very clear. In Daniel chapter 8, at the end of the chapter in verse 25, we read that through his policy, also he shall cause craft to prosper in his hand. He shall magnify himself in his heart and by peace he will destroy many. That word Craft, in the Hebrew, means deceive. So the ruler will cause deceit to prosper. And by peace, it says, he will destroy many. And it's fair to say, isn't it, that only a deceitful person would use peace to cause destruction. So, we look at the policies of Russia today to see how they may be deceitfully developing their national interests. And on every level, this is plain to see. The whole world is struggling to counter the use of lies and deceit by Russia, whether on social media, through news outlets or government channels. In December 2019, a paper was published entitled The Art of Deceit, How China and Russia Use Sharp Power to Subvert the West. The paper asked the question, 
Why ultimately is the Kremlin willing to invest millions into spreading disinformation? And to what end? And it goes on to answer that exploitation of information is one of the cheapest and most effective ways for the Kremlin to manipulate public opinion, influence policymakers, and legitimise its aggressive policies. The target groups lie both in the EU and in Russia itself. Information operations against Europe help ensure that other countries are preoccupied with their own problems, including the decrease of trust in democratic institutions, instead of paying enough attention to what's happening in Eastern Europe and inside Russia. This fits into a pattern that the Western world is only relatively recently waking up to. Last summer, the prestigious UK institution, the LSE, that is the London School of Economics, commissioned a research paper entitled The Weaponization of Postmodernism, Russia's New War with Europe. The research explains how Russia is deceptively manipulating the minds of so many by taking advantage of a postmodern Western world. It says, Applied postmodernism, as it's practiced by Russia, has two features. Number one, an attempt to promote a sense of epistemic insecurity amongst targeted populations by undermining existing bonds of trust between them and the sources of information on which they rely. Number two, the promotion of alternative or anti-hegemonic perspectives or narratives, especially those in line with Russia's foreign policy objectives. It goes on to say, where traditional propaganda aims to promote the truth of one side in particular, Applied postmodernism aims to promote a view of the world in which truth is itself relative. This is a remarkable explanation for the way in which Russia deceives the nations of the world. The prophet Isaiah describes the treachery of this latter-day superpower. How apt that in these last days the king of the north has become known for his treacherous and deceitful dealings with the world. Further to this, that very paper goes on to discuss the current relationship between Russia and the European Union. It says, The annexation of Crimea in 2014 brought into focus a conflict between Russia and the EU that had been boiling beneath the surface of European public consciousness for some time, in what Richard Sorker calls a cold peace. The term cold peace refers to a situation, the article tells us, in which the underlying tensions and conflicts characteristic of a cold war are present, but where these conditions and the strategies that go along with them are concealed under the rhetoric of peace. This language is astonishing. It's the language that we must recognise of Daniel chapter 8, verse 25. That where the crafty or deceitful king would by peace destroy many. The LSE, the London School of Economics, have identified that there are currently many tensions and conflicts between Russia and Europe, yet they're concealed under the rhetoric of peace. Although the relationship between Russia and Europe is itself a sign of the times, Ultimately, as Bible students, our minds are drawn to the land of Israel. It's to this people and land that we look, and it's their relationship with Israel which is so critical come the time of the end. The prophet Ezekiel talks of a time when Russia will invade Israel, yet he says that 
they shall dwell safely, all of them. And that the northern invader will say, I'll go to them that are at rest, that dwell safely, all of them dwelling without wars, and having neither bars nor gates. That's from Ezekiel chapter 38, verses 8 to 11. There's little doubt that the current foreign policy position of Russia, in purposefully deceiving the world, will allow it to give Israel the presumption that they are at peace, safe and secure. The nation will be deceived into thinking that Russia is their friend. Extraordinarily, we see these very conditions developing currently. At the end of January this year, Vladimir Putin, the Russian president, was honoured in Jerusalem with the Friends of Zion Award for Russia's role in saving scores of Jewish people during World War II. The irony is, of course, not lost on those of us watching current events unfolding. Sadly, so many are currently blind to the deceit of the King of the North. It seems wise to finish with the words of the Lord Jesus, where we started on the Mount of Olives. Because having told the disciples of the time when men's hearts would be failing them for fear, the Lord Jesus went on to say, When these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draws nigh. Let's have our heads lifted up, looking at the events which surely tell us the time is soon to come when not the king of the north, but the king of the world will set up a kingdom which will never be destroyed. This has been Peter Owen joining you for the Bible in the News. <laughs>